In this episode of the Smart City Podcast, I finish off my conversation with Ellen Ronalds Keane. Part one of our chat is in episode 39, where you'll hear about what Ellen is passionate about and why she thinks the Smart City concept is so important. In this episode, part two, Ellen gives us a really interesting perspective on integrating across the different disciplines. And then we also have an insightful discussion around being the CEO of your own life and how this fits into the smart city space. As always, I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. It's the Smart City Podcast, whoa, with smart city experts, here we go. Connecting smart technology, both big and small, smart cities are making life better for all. Big data, emerging trends, self-driving cars and more, the Smart City Podcast is what you're looking for. Let's talk about being proactive and integrating across different disciplines, governments, industries, academia. What are your thoughts about that? My thoughts are that it's really hard. Um, I think in particular it's hard because I am yet to find an industry or a a government department. Um, I'm yet to to find a person that has a job that doesn't feel like they're at capacity. Um, And obviously with the work that I do with, with teacher burnout, but burnout, um, you know, the symptoms of burnout and the problems of burnout are not exclusive to teachers. It's, it's becoming really a, a modern disease. Um, and I think it's really hard to just keep adding to people's plates and say, well, you, you're already at capacity. You're doing, you know, you're doing whatever job you're doing, whether you're a town planner or you're a politician or you're a journalist or you're a um, freelancer or you're a plumber, you're already pretty much at capacity or you're just trying to survive. Now we're going to expect you to do this next level thing of integrating and communicating more and having sometimes difficult conversations or conversations where you have to educate somebody who has no idea about something that's really important to the work that they are suggesting and you've got to do the emotional labor of like educating them before you can even have the conversation about it. Um, I, I think it's very difficult to do that integration piece without intentionally taking things off other things off the plate to the people that are trying to do that communication and integration because it requires so much thinking and and um you know mental and emotional as well as physical energy to do that um communication and integration because it's it's change you know that's a big change um so i think it's hard and that's my answer yep (laughs) No, cool. It's hard but necessary. Yeah, I know. I really like that. I think we haven't really spoken about that capacity piece because it's so important. Um, And, yeah, I feel like I was kind of at capacity trying to do more than what I could possibly do. And, yeah, you get burnt burnt out and then you can't do anything. You're completely useless. And even the stuff you're trying to do, you're not doing well because your brain is fried. Yeah. And and then people leave organizations who are actually really valuable. They've got excellent, you know, amounts of experience and knowledge and they leave not because even necessarily that there's anything wrong with that organization or, or the job or it's just simply because they haven't They've burnt out. I mean, to use a kind of technical, you know, analogy, like a motor in your car, you need to put petrol in the car every day 
you know, every, day, every time you want to drive a long way for that to, until we have the electric cars, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but um, you need to put petrol in your car for it to keep going. You also, and that's the that's like the everyday maintenance, but then you also need to be taking the car to a mechanic every six months to get it, you know, serviced. That's like the extra level maintenance because if you, if you skip that piece, you, eventually you can keep putting petrol in the car, but eventually the car's going to break down. Um, again, until we have the automated vehicles and all of that. Uh, but I'm sure we'll have similar issues with those where they need maintenance, you know, and, and human beings do as well. And I think um, we don't want to ruin these as- these amazing assets that are our, our human brains and human bodies that simply through a kind of rush to get something done more quickly or a lack of awareness to think, oh, if, I just, if I just took something off that person's plate, so that they could do this other extra project and have the headspace to do this other extra project, it would you know the integration piece might get done, um, but we're impatient and we're you know again the kind of twentieth century mindset of just cut down all the forests now to to you know do all the development now and we won't worry about the the ramifications that that'll have on the atmosphere in the future because we just want to have the the economic boost from the the new development now. Yeah, no, definitely. Short term thinking. Yeah, and the smart city concept is definitely a long-term journey. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about emerging trends. Any thoughts on ones that other people aren't talking about? Yeah, I I think going back to my um, my probably background in in the education and the the teacher burnout space, I think burnout is something that we're not talking about enough. Um, I, I. I do see it as an emerging trend in many industries and it's not a, it's not the good kind of trend. Um, at the same time, I think there are much um, smaller pockets of people that are talking about like slow living, minimalism. I mean, you, you interviewed Colin Wright. Um, the, the kind of probably the, the, the values-based approach to life that you and I are living now, I mean, and that's not been a quick change. It's not been a short change, a short-term uh, change to our lives it's been something that we've sort of gradually uh, made choices over time to make sure that we were able to you know like an intentional choices yeah so so if I use myself as an example you know I didn't just have a bad day and quit my teaching job and start freelancing the next day and everything was fine like it was a sort of three-year transition of being part-time teaching and, and building things up on the side etc cetera, etc cetera. so uh, and also making intentional choices about not like you know not having a mortgage that was ten times bigger than we currently have. I mean, the bank probably would have lent us that money, but we chose to have a smaller house, smaller, smaller footprint, I suppose, um, to have to worry about. And I think that's also a bit of a trend that I'm seeing. And I realize this is not really a, a tech-based trend, but I do think it's smart cities where people are choosing slow living, maybe choosing to have less, live with less. And that includes less stress and less uh, workload and less commuting because they've made some intentional, proactive choices that are a bit counter-cultural at the moment, but they are in response to the emerging trend of the just the rat race that I think life has kind of become. Mm, and people are using, like, they're, they're over that and then they're using technology to their advantage exactly. to make their lives slower. And that's the bit that I feel like is maybe not being talked about enough is that we could be using, te- rather than using technology to um, 
be able to do more because doing more is the increase the pace. Yeah, be all end all. We could actually use technology to chill out more. Like, like really, I mean, I, I think about a washing machine is a piece of technology that allows us to not have to wash our clothes by hand anymore. Like, that's a significant, uh, a significant change in the lives of human beings in the last, you know, hundred and something years that we don't, we take for totally for granted now. Um, and, you know, and I also really, when I was a teacher, I was a music teacher and I used to love explaining to, to kids that like a hundred years ago, if you wanted to hear music, unless you were really rich and happened to have a gramophone in your house, and even then that was very, very new technology a hundred years ago, you had to hear the music live. Like, you know, 150 years ago, if you wanted to hear music, you had to hear the music performed live in front of you. Now we all have these things the size of our hand that have 65 days worth of music in the, like in our phones, in our pockets. And that's actually good. Like technology can create leisure for us. It can create, it, and it's taken away. We don't we no longer have to wash our clothes by hand anymore. We can put the washing machine on and then listen to a song on our iPad or a podcast, you know, like technology can help us it's that livability piece but it's also the intentionally uh, work less live more thing and I think that that's a trend it's certainly something that I see in pockets but it's it's really not a mainstream idea yet it's still treated like it's also still treated again quite one size fits all you're either a minimalist that is this way and you, you you live this kind of a minimalist life or you've got too many pairs of shoes to call yourself a minimalist like it's it's not it's not actually as um as one size fits all as that, but um it's hard for the rest of the population who's not just not clued into any of any of these concepts to understand that it, it's a bit more nuanced than that because it's so far away from the way most people in the Western world still live. Yeah. And I think um sometimes it's like, Oh yeah, that's all well and good but it can never happen like that. Mm. Like, it's all too good to be true. You can't possibly... Yes, that happens for, you know, um, the the very small minority may become internet famous or whatever, but unless, it's, unless you can do that, you won't be able to make any money because the people you're probably talking to, that didn't work for them or it couldn't possibly work for them. And it doesn't work for everyone. And there are a lot of people who have fo- huge amounts of followers online and uh, flat broke, you know. I mean, that's to be honest. That's why I'm freelancing because self care for teachers is not my full time thing yet. But then I've fallen in love with some of the work that I'm doing as a freelancer, and I'm really glad that I'm able to do both. And I think I think it's that idea of well, we can't make it happen, or it seems a long way off, so we won't even try. Yeah, that'll never happen. Well, no, it might happen, but it might take you five years of gradual changes to get there but we were just so addicted to the quick fix idea that you know and, and of course there are people in there it's of course it is a, it's huge privilege you know for you and I to to have been able to make these choices I mean compared to the vast majority of people in human history let alone the vast majority of people on this planet uh, we are still uh, we have access already to huge amounts of resources that most people don't have and huge amounts of opportunities that most people don't have. So, yes, there is a privileged piece to it. But if we're talking about the Western world, most of the choices that you and I have made are available to most people. 
Um, it's just that if they look at what we're doing now and they see their, you know, mortgage payment that they have to keep their six-figure job to pay and they think, well, I couldn't possibly – the six-figure job that they hate that is, you know, increasing their um, blood pressure year on year, which is, which is meaning that they're more likely to have a heart attack, you know, when they're 45 or whatever, but they just see the mortgage payment and go, well, I, could, I, I have to keep the job. Yeah, maybe maybe this week you do, but if you were really intentional about it over the next three years, you could maybe get out of that job or have a different house or don't send your kid to the most expensive private school just because that's what the you know the people in your neighborhood expect because you're kind of trying to keep up with Joneses that who you don't even like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not an overnight change, but changes that make your life happier and healthier are never quick fixes. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it comes down to being the CEO of your own life. Exactly. And That's a good concept. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I heard that concept. I you think know? it was probably on the Teacher Wellbeing podcast. It was on the Teacher Wellbeing Series podcast. Three, episode 9, I think, with Lena West. And I think I loved it because it gave me permission to embrace my preferences. Yeah. And I think even, you know, you might have to keep that job this week, like you said, but making gradual changes even within that job to set yourself boundaries based on your preferences. Because if you are, if you're in that job, you're adding value to that job. Therefore, you can have conversations that you thought possibly weren't possible because you should be, you should um, appreciate that you have the job and it, it has to be like this all the time. Mm-hmm. So you could still keep the job, but you've set boundaries now that make it more, you know, livable and happy and accessible and that kind of thing. So I think, yeah, the CEO of your own life, it really um, comes down to that. And it fits in very well to the smart city space, I think, because um, it's, a, yeah, it's an emerging trend that we're not talking about because mm. um, I think it's happening, yeah, mm. more and more. I think it's happening particularly, I mean, maybe just because of the spaces that I'm in, but I, I certainly see that being discussed quite a lot in the kind of millennial women in in freelance business scene because i think where uh, in in many ways um it's in many ways it's maybe the next stage of um of feminism which i which i use quite broadly to mean uh, making life better for all humans really um but you know they we've we've gone from the you know maybe the 1950s where it was well <laughs> women have very, very rigid roles and so did men, right? Men, everyone had very rigid roles, um, which obviously has a lot of drawbacks. There's some benefits too because you don't have the, uh, you don't have the agony of choice. <laughs> um, and then, you know, there was the next wave, I guess, where women were able to work outside the home and now it's kind of got to the next phase where you're expected, you know, everybody is expected to work outside the home and people are realising that that's not the be-all, end-all either. It's great that we have the choice, but then, you know, forcing women back to work six months after they've had a baby is also not right for everybody. Again, it comes down to that it's not one size fits all and being the CEO of your own life is about being able to say, this works for me this doesn't work for me. Maybe I have to do that thing that doesn't work for me right now because of the stage of life I'm in or the job that I've got and, you know, I, I want to keep the job for various reasons um, or, you know, we, we're living in this city right now for various reasons and, and it's maybe not ideal. We'd prefer not to have to commute like this but 
we do at the moment. Uh, but we can plan for rather than planning, right, well, I'll keep doing this for the next 45 years until I retire. But, well, maybe you're just planning it for the next five years until you get to a stage of life where you can make a slightly different choice and it's not complete retirement in you know, doing something that's against your values or that you hate for 45 years until retirement. But it's, it's about um, – and then, and then retirement is not necessarily the goal either because if you enjoy what you're doing day-to-day life – and Colin said this, Colin Wright said, um, as well as talking about the, the being intentional to avoid the science fiction dystopian future, he also made a comment about um, – so this was in episode 17. Um, he also made a comment about uh, being able to um, avoid some of the health and happiness – detracting features of life you know not avoid but um yeah avoid the unnecessary bits i mean there's there's a level of learning and and growth that happens in all uh, i think life's difficulties yeah exactly and we don't want to avoid them altogether but um we can avoid the unnecessary ones so that we have more headspace for the really important life life stuff i suppose um and and i think it's a big mindset shift for people perhaps of our parents' generation. And they don't have to make it. I mean, if, if, if what they're doing is working for them, great. But I think our our generation is going, I don't want to do something that I hate for the next 45 years just so that I can retire with a super big house and a caravan. It's just not that it doesn't appeal to me. I could, I could buy the caravan now and go around Australia and do some freelancing and, you know, like – there's other options, I guess. And the internet has made that possible. Definitely. Cool. Well, this has been an awesome chat. I I feel like it's just one of our um, morning coffees <laughs> at the cafe. Um, so I hope everyone else has enjoyed it as well. I only have one of... One last question, which is how can people connect with you? Yeah, um, so there's a couple of places. If you are a teacher or are interested in teacher wellbeing, uh, I, you can find me at selfcareforteachers.com.au and at selfcareforteachers on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, or you can email ellen at selfcareforteachers.com.au. And if you're interested in uh, my you know, freelance services, digital content, podcasts, online course curriculum development, etc., etc. That's all at ellenronaldskeen.com or um, at ellenronaldskeen on Facebook and Instagram. And I do have a Twitter, but I can't remember what it is because I think I've sent two tweets. <laughs> we can put it all in the show notes yes. so people can click away. And you could email me, ellen at ellenronaldskeen.com. Very good. Cool. Okay. Well, thanks so much. And, yeah, look forward to talking to you again soon. My pleasure. Thank you, Zoe. See ya. Bye. It's the Smart City Podcast. Whoa. Thanks so much for listening to the Smart City Podcast. Show notes for this episode and all other episodes can be found at thesmartcitypodcast.com. If you have any questions or comments for me or any of my guests, connect with me via email, zoe at thesmartcitypodcast.com or via the socials. I'm on Twitter and Facebook at smartcitypod. As always, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. City Podcast is what you're looking for.